everybody, I'm coming to you today from uh, my mom's place in Waterford. Uh, it's a beautiful day. I'm thankful of this day that God has made. So it's Friday, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Today I want to talk to you um, about a verse in the book of Hebrews in the Bible, chapter 11, verse 1. Many Christians know this verse. Uh, veterans in the faith uh, and just for the sake of those who possibly don't know this reference in Hebrews 11 verse 1 I'm reading from the New King James Version uh, today it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen now faith is assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen for by it the men of old gained approval by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And so I just want to think about these words just for a moment. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In life, many of us have many deep-seated hopes and convictions. Personal hopes, social hopes, even spiritual hopes and convictions. And they're all equally important. We have aspirations in our personal life of finding that job that we've been you know, working so hard towards. And then there's social of uh, those relationships, uh, seeking out quality relationships with one another. Maybe you're looking for you know, a spouse and you're hoping it's not yet seen, but you have a conviction that one day it will be. And there's also the spiritual. There's things we see God doing in and through our life. And there's things that we're praying and believing that He will do. That He's faithful to complete what He started. That when we put our trust in Jesus, He has started a work that He will finish. And Scripture says that He will present us holy and blameless when He returns. That we are forgiven. That we are loved. We're also empowered to follow His example in this world. And so I want to also read from you in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. And it talks about that in this life, and all the things that we hope for, and the convictions of seeing God move in and through our life, that there are times we're going to face difficulty. We will encounter sufferings because we follow Jesus. I know you know this. I, for one, have experienced this and continue experiences. I believe that persecution is um, a common thing. There's different degrees of persecution. I believe it's not restricted to only those who lose their life or are martyred because of faith, but I believe daily that we are persecuted. Paul even said that anyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. In fact, Jesus gives us this promise. He says that you who stuck with me in my trials, I now confer upon you a kingdom just as my Father conferred one upon me, and that you will eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And that's why Paul says that those who endure with him will also reign with Christ. And so today, when we look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. There's some that say that, you know, 
The good news is health, wealth, and happiness, and there shouldn't be any heartache or trials. And we know this is, it's not true. We know that we experience heartaches and difficulties, but God is with us in the storm, amen? And so it, um, Peter continues to go on saying, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. And if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. When people speak all kinds of things against you because you follow Christ, because you believe in doing what is right, when you believe that Christ is your ethic, that you're being transformed to bear uh, witness to Christ, becoming more and more of his likeness, that that will and sometimes set people off. But we have to remain in a place where we don't become vain in it. We don't become proud and saying, look at me like a badge on our shoulder. But rather our humbleness and realizing the grace of God in our life, that the ministry that we have is one of reconciliation, that Jesus came and left his place of position and came to become like us so that we could have a relationship with the Father. That sin, rebellion against God, separated us from relationship with God. And Jesus restored that relationship by taking our place, the punishment, rebellion for sin. Makes me think of a story. Several years ago, there was um, a SEAL Team 6 that was called into action to rescue an aid uh, worker, foreign aid worker, uh, by the name of Jessica. And uh, she was captured by uh, Somalian pirates. And so the, these SEALs, um, Navy SEALs, uh, parachuted and they dropped in behind enemy lines to put their life on the line to rescue this lady. And when they arrived, as they were waiting for extraction, waiting for the Black Hawk to come and rescue them, to extract them to safety, they told the lady to lay down because they didn't know if there were other armed assailants around and they surrounded her and circled her and covered her, protecting her from harm. It reminds me in scripture that our Lord, the Lord of our heaven's armies and camps around us, that he's protecting us, he is with us. Jesus promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to him and he says, now go. And so he's with us and he's present in our sufferings. He's present when we desire to live for him, following him who is the righteous standard for what is right and what is good. And Peter continues to go on saying in verse 14, uh, 15, sorry, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with a difficulty that the righteous is saved, what what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. The important thing is each day that we entrust ourselves to he, Jesus Christ, who became like us. He can sympathize with our weakness and our struggle and yet was without sin. That he looked to the Father for nourishment 
and empowerment by the Spirit of God to carry out the mission that his Father had gave him. You see, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and made a relationship, a restore relationship with God possible. And so each day we need to have situational awareness. We realize that we have deep-seated hopes and convictions in the personal, social, and spiritual. And on the spiritual side, we are in a spiritual battle. The enemy of our souls, Lucifer the devil, has a battle plan. He wants to separate us from relationship with God. It's been the same from the dawn of time. In fact, he's been working in the hearts, the Bible says, in the hearts of the unbelieving. And he hardens their hearts to resist God and to follow their own sensual desires of lust and greed and all kinds of evil desires. And yet, when we look to Christ, the glory of God will shine upon us. And he'll provide a means of escape to remove ourselves from those situations and yet have strength to be able to walk through temptation. At the end of the day, the only power that our adversary, the devil, has is the power that we give him. You might have heard that the stories that we tell ourselves can very much, uh, very well become our reality. Sometimes we have baggage that we hold on to. It's like going on a plane and you're going to a destination and you're really excited to reach the destination, but then you realize, oh, you got all this baggage, you need to go to the baggage claim and pick it up. The way I like to look at it is with Jesus, that you're boarding this flight to go on this journey, and yet you're not going to pick up the baggage that you left at the terminal. Rather, you're free to go and enjoy the destination that is awaiting you. And so to us, Jesus has conferred upon us a kingdom, and he calls on us to pray his kingdom. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's declaring freedom from oppression, freedom from that which holds us captive. That's the good news that we can be liberated from that which oppresses us. What are those things that are oppressing you today? Lift them up to Jesus. He can deliver you from those things. You don't have to carry that baggage any longer. What are those hopes and deep-seated convictions? Let them rest in who Jesus is and what he says about you. That his banner over you is love and that he's calling you to follow in his footsteps. He's calling me to follow in his footsteps. That, again, anyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. That when we want to follow in Jesus' footsteps, Peter again says, do not be surprised at the ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. When we're experiencing things, hardships, difficulties, we know that Jesus is with us and that we're suffering for his sake, for all people to come to know a personal relationship with Jesus. And so I invite you today where you are to remember. Now faith is the assurance of what is hoped for and the conviction of the unseen. We need to have situational awareness to realize what's going on around us personally, socially, and spiritually. To realize we're in a spiritual battle and we need to look to him who can empower us to overcome every battle. At the end of the day, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is our warrior king and he is coming back and he will bring swift uh, justice because he is righteous 
and his word is true. And he'll come back for all who love him and look forward to his appearing. It'll be a wonderful day for all of us who believe upon him, but also a dreadful day for those who do not choose to believe in the name of Jesus and prefer to live and carry out all the sensual desires and things of this world, following the ruler of this age, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, the ruler of this age is the devil, and he works in the hearts of the disobedient. But today, we can have freedom in Jesus' name. So I hope that you're stirred with hope this morning. Now, faith is the assurance of what is hoped for and the conviction of what is unseen. You and I can be like the seals. We can come and parachute in to places to be beacons of hope and sharing. This is what Jesus has done in my life. These are the things that were wreaking havoc in my life, the oppression, that captivity. But he has delivered me from those things. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians that the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so declare the freedom of the Lord over your life right now as I pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for what is seen and what is unseen. We trust in you and the things that we see and are expecting and also those deep-seated convictions of what is the not yet. We give to you this moment of what is seen and also the not yet, that you will live and move and have your being within us. We thank you, Lord, that your word says that you fill everything with your presence and that by your spirit there is freedom. We declare freedom over your people who call upon your name right now. And that those who desire to follow you, Lord, they turn from unrighteousness and turn to you in doing what is good. And the ultimate good we know, Lord, is to love you above all else and to love others as you loved us. That means laying our life on the line. Very similar to that story with Jessica, the seals encircling Jessica and protecting her from harm. May we lay our life down for those that you love to share the truth in love without compromise because we know that our adversary, the devil, is roaming around looking for whom he can devour. But we can trust in you. You said, do not lose heart, for I have overcome the world. And that we overcome this world by our faith in you. So thank you for this day. Thank you for your beautiful creation, that we can experience your tangible love of all the things that you've given us that we can enjoy. Help us this day. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you're encouraged today, that you are stirred with hope. I invite you to visit our website at hopefortodaychurch.org. Love to hear from you. Um, Again, my name's Andrew, pastor of Hope for Today, a new work, a new church plant, uh, charismatic uh, Pentecostal uh, experience that is um, just on the cusp of becoming uh, in Waterford. You might see me on the trails walking around, talking with people, praying with people. If you see me, please say hello. Let us have a conversation. Please um, introduce yourself. Have a great day. Again, it is Friday. Enjoy the weekend. We will see you online again next week. God bless.